Love you all. <clears throat> I forgot to put in there who we are. I am Gigi, and with me until the end is Mama Mary. As always, the week has been crazy busy. How about for you? It was crazy busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every day there seemed like to be something that uh, would throw a wrench in your plans. Mm-hmm. Like literally. A wrench. <laughs> yesterday, I'm looking for Lily and went to Vermontville to pick her up. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I thought that's with a friend's house. So I'm sitting in this driveway. I'm saying, I'm here. And she's like, she texts back, are you on Kensel? No, because that's like 20 minutes away. And so I drive over to Kensel for her back over in Nashville. And I pull into that driveway and she sends me a text. I'm on Washington Street. Seriously right now? So that's the way (laughs) my week has been in some shape or form every single day. That's funny. That's Lily. That's our Lily bad. She's just hopping all over the place. But besides, like, the crazy bad wrenches, we have been making some awesome moves for the crew (laughs) and the podcast itself. So we do have some exciting things going. I know I keep saying that, but it does take time to... It does. It takes a lot of planning and coordination and... Yeah, especially when we're involving other people coming in, having our guest speakers come up, which could be awesome. That's all I got to say. Um, so please keep listening. <laughs> you know, and because we're awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, starting to travel yes. to places and doing podcasts. Yes, yes. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, gosh, yeah. I know. I was talking to my boss about it. And then, like I said, then he mentioned us doing, like, a live podcast yeah. where people can come watch us, get involved with the recording, and ask us questions and see us and see what we do and how we do it. So that might be something coming into play. Yeah in the next few months but we want to make it like freaking awesome well and we we got to get a hold of Maj. yeah oh yeah because <laughs> she's gotta come <laughs> but uh this week we better get back on topic this week we are talking about children in the paranormal so which is i don't know well i think it's a fascinating topic but it can be a very sensitive topic too yes. depending on what angle you're coming from yes. you know that's yeah by all means, and I think a lot of it, because there is no way to say, because we still don't know that the paranormal is just one big question mark anyway, but when you ask um, other adults about children and paranormal, you either get one end of it, or you get the other, or they're totally yeah. believers, and yep. the other ones are like, no. So I did, on our Facebook page and a couple of the other groups that we belong to on the Facebook, um, pretty much the consensus was, well, which I knew it was going to be, that they do believe that children have a more open gift to the paranormal, which I figured that's what it would be. Um, did you want to go with your stuff first? or I mean, Well, to, I talk, um, there, to talk a little bit about it, you know, for me, my belief is we continuously, after we cross over, we reincarnate. So each time we reincarnate, we we do so in order to grow more spiritually and to raise our vibrations. So if you think about this, when we cross over, we go back to source, God's source, and we kind of remember who we are and what our purpose is. And so when we reincarnate and we're just little babies, 
that's the that's the purest our soul is going to be in the closest to back home it is and so that's why children are naturally open is because they're still connected to the other side it's as they grow older that they're conditioned to not believe in that stuff and we're all born with spiritual gifts we just some use them and some don't want to or some just use them for themselves and so that's why you're going to get those five-year-olds and younger who's you see talking to imaginary friends or say they see things is because they really do. They're more, they're more open to it. I remember you saying in a previous episode that, how did you explain that? You said that babies and toddlers, they, they have that gift because they are essentially the closest to, well, their previous life. And that's why a lot of them will come out and they will tell you what they were in their previous life because they mm-hmm. still remember it. Yep, I'm I'm Farmer Joe. But no, you're two-year-old Mark. Like, that's who you are. Nope, I'm a farmer. And <laughs> Well, JJ, well, he, he's nine now, but he, he's he's obsessed with the Titanic. So if you mm-hmm. find your, yourself obsessed with certain things, you are probably living in that time. Okay. And uh, he, he will tell you what the Titanic looks like and he'll tell you um what he did on the titanic and it's funny because we'll watch some things and he goes that's not what it looked like but he didn't wasn't even realizing that um he was saying it it's but he remembers he remembers it and just sort of like uh when i was a little girl my favorite movie was gone with the wind love that i still love that movie but i you know for me i know that i was probably i lived there at that okay. time in that era and that's why it draws me and you know i always said I'm, i must have been really rich one time because i sure as hell don't like to get up and clean i'm always waiting for someone to do it for me <laughs> well, of course they don't but you know always firing the maid which is me yeah you're fired <laughs> see i love the 50s and i don't i i don't know why I, everything about it the, mm-hmm. the way that families were the way i mean even though it's completely different from the way that it is now, and I am like totally girl power type of person, but at the same time, I think the 50s had it correct with how things should have been. <laughs> and that makes sense. That's, you know, you you were probably. And alive. I love the style from the 50s. I'm not even going to lie about it. <laughs> it's all right. I love my 50s dress. But there, there's so many, um, there's so many different types of children out there that have, um, spiritual gifts i think like uh one of the one of my very first readings that i ever got the lady asked me if i knew what a scout was and i told her no and she explained to me that a scout is an indigo child but um born my favorite one that you told born you know born originally to help the indigo children now to raise them spiritually and to help raise their vibrations and you know a lot of indigo children you will find them where they just don't seem to fit in anywhere or they they suffer from adhd or tourette's or some kind of um disability really there's a secret gift inside of there and they have a high vibration and they're meant for big things and that's that's raising the world's vibration or being psychics or pulling other people into spirituality and helping them find the truth of god's source because there's more to it than just you know the black and white we've always been taught right and they'll never feel like they ever fit in. I feel I've always felt like that. I've always felt like I don't belong anywhere. Mm-hmm. That that accept you for who you are. Because let's face it, the world is not an accepting place, and they don't even know what they're not accepting anymore. Like that's just the crazy part. Yeah. That's why I tell my children, it's 
just live and do what's going to make you happy. Just make sure you're safe. Oh, people are going to judge you anyway. So oh gosh, yeah. just be happy. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Why be unhappy and get judged too? Mm-hmm. I'm crazy as all get out, but I'm happy doing it. Well, that's, that's right. <laughs> live in our own little bubble. That's right. I'm talk about the indigo children. You mentioned the other day we were talking, because this is all we talk about, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the children are, this also, I think, goes back to when you said people that are, are drawn to the dark magic or the dark side of witchery, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they aren't necessarily bad, but they were meant to be warriors. Exactly, yes. And you, you believe that in children. Is that what is that what an indigo child is, or is that a is there a different term for that? I don't know. We'd have to look that up, but it could be. It just depends on, on what kind of energy they draw on or what draws them. Because paranormal can be a little bit dark because it, it's yeah. spooky. But um, but there are there are people out there who are there to do the dirty work, so okay. to speak. Just like uh, I, you know, I know of psychics who, you know, say that. They have dreams where they're battling people. They're battling evil. And i that's exactly what we're all here to do. You know, that's what I think the one thing that I do agree with the Bible on is that fight against, you know, good and evil, the light and the, the dark. Evil, yeah. But in order to, um, you have to embrace a little bit of that darkness in order to find balance with the light. It's understandable, especially if you're trying to protect and you have to fight for it because... If you have it, it's all good. You're going to be like, I'm not fighting. Oh, so, see, you, so you need that little bit of yeah. And you, you see it. You. you see it every day in people. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, it's every day mm-hmm. in some shape or form. And I think um, there are children that are you know born to open up that gift and utilize it. It just depends on whether their parents are open enough to, to accept it. it. You know, JJC spirit all the time, and I'm not once. Um, I don't, I don't discourage it. I don't want him to lose his gift because if he can use it, mm-hmm. because he's told me that, you know, a lot of times he'll have a dream or he'll see something and then he'll, it'll happen. And I asked him one time, I said, well, why do you think God gave you that gift? And he said, uh, he goes, well, cause I'm just weird. I said, no, because you're special and you're meant to help people. That's your purpose. You know, yeah. that's, and, um, and he's done that ever since he was like two or three years old. He, he's, he's stood on chairs looking out the window laughing and I'd ask him what he was laughing at. He'd go, oh, Jeff is so funny. He just does so many funny things. But there's nobody out there. Right. He sees that them. That we can physically see. Yeah. And, um, you know, at one house, he didn't like, he didn't like Skylar's bedroom because there was a girl that was bloody there. And, um, and, and I knew some, something bad had happened in that house. But, uh, I said, well, and I told him, I said, well, you just tell her to go away. Right. And so he said, go away. And I said, did it work? And he goes, yeah. And so it's, it's teaching them to that. It's not necessarily, you can control it. And it's not something to be scared of. And, you know, like Des, she's a star child. And I don't know if she, I think I've told her that before. And star children are here to change the world. They're here to inspire. They're, they're She's so scared of being judged that it's insane. But what 17-year-old is it? And yeah, that's true. Since she's back home, she's opening up a little more, especially with knowing what we're mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. You know, since we got together and started this thing, 
I don't know why that's helping her open up, but I think she's now learning that. Again, like we said, you're going to be judged anyway, so be you. Be who you that's are. That's right. Everybody trying. has their opinions. Yeah, she just started a blog. Did you see that? No, I'm going to have to find it. It's called Word Vomit. <laughs> I was like, really? But it's really, it's really good. And it's, again, her trying to change the world in her, her own way, where she's well, yeah. making things, I don't want to say known, but writing articles on things in a way that people her age can understand or, makes sense. you know, can relate to or whatever. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, now, she used to, when she was little, used to scare my cousin because we lived together, I think, in our early 20s or whatever. And I remember, man, it was two different times. One time, Nuffy woke up, almost like this, her eyes all big, and there was Destiny, probably three, four years old, looking her right in the eyes. We're all going to die today. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, Destiny, quit it. <laughs> then another great. time, she's like, oh, my mom's going to die today. I'm not dead, but she thought, yeah. And then she used, because she was very, very pale. And we did, she went through a lot being born. We both did. That's why she is my special child. I know that. They used to call her Chucky when she slept because she would sleep with half of her eyes open. <laughs> but she would talk in her sleep. A lot of times, I just... Didn't really pay attention. I wish I would have back then, but I was in my early 20s. I'm like, whatever. Quit being weird, kid. You know? (laughs) Like, but Ethan, bless his little heart. Now, he was a dreamer. Night tears. All that sorts of thing. And and I wish, going back now, that I would have had him, like, keep a journal of it. Or, you know, wake up, keep a recorder next to him so then he can tell about it in the recorder. That type of thing. Because he, night tears were real bad. And that's when we started the um, dream catchers and stuff. And he said that helped. And, you know, I don't, it very well could be just a mental thing for him. I don't know, but it helped him and he could sleep and he wasn't afraid to go to sleep. Now, even now he has trouble going to sleep and I don't know if it's still, if he's still not grown. Cause he's so, he's 11, but he's not like your two day 11 year old. He's like an 11 year old back when we were 11, like still got that innocence in him. Mm-hmm. And that just warms my heart. But he does still, sometimes he'll just lay there awake, you know, and I'm like, what are you doing? There's nothing on, you know, like, I just can't close my eyes. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh. But I, he's also, I just love my kids. <laughs> but I think both of them are gifted. Ethan, I don't want him to lose that because I know on his other side of the family, the ones I do know, I do love. There's nothing wrong with them. But they are, some of them are close-minded and whatnot and I don't want he won't tell me certain things because he's scared because he's going to get judged by his family which mm-hmm. is not supposed to judge you but they do you know and that makes me a little sad because if he does have a gift that he wants to explore and like I said I'm still in the gray area or whatever but I'm not going to tell him it doesn't exist yeah because by all means I let's do it I'll, I'm your number one fan buddy let's, let's bring it out and I think He's got the biggest heart. He's meant to help people in one way or another. He just, oh, God, I firmly believe that with all my being. And she is meant to change the world. She is, yes. Yeah, and star children are very, um, you know, very empathic. They have big hearts. So you're, you see star children who would give you the shirt off their back. Or, know you know, why. or if it would, it would break their heart seeing somebody else being um, judged or misused. Like, you know, they're the, they're the people that, you know, reach out. Ethan doesn't even like to tell me no to going to the store. 
And I'll tell him, you can stay here. And he'll be like, no, I don't want to hurt your feelings, mom. And I'm like, <laughs> it's okay. And then I go to the store and I buy him something because I'm like, that's the sweetest thing ever. Like, aw, he's so worried. Kids too, but he really does not want to hurt adult feelings, which is odd to me because most kids don't, care. don't even care. Yeah. Or don't, not that they don't care, it's just that they don't know. No, they're just not aware of even that. But that's his first that. thing, right, is I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So a lot of times he'll keep his mouth shut even when he's got something to say. I'm like, dude, be loud. Let's get it out. Sorry. I just no. love him. That's <laughs> all right. You know, and Jazzy, she's my, she's my indigo child. I always say that, you know, Jazzy's my empath healer and Lily's my psychic and JJ's my, my medium. And then, you know, Skylar's the energy worker because she can go into a room and raise the vibration. Mm. But, uh, no, they, they all each have their own thing. And I just hope that even if they don't use it the way I do, mm-hmm. that, you know, they just, they'll do something with right, it. Whatever path they choose. Yeah. Just and not let it go, but. It is. It's just, it's an interesting topic just thinking about it in general because it is sad that. When you see children who are gifted, that they're not encouraged to hang on to it. Yeah, to utilize all of it. Because I did. I, there's so much I've never told you, even in conversation, that I eventually want to. Some of it's just really, I, I'm still trying to wrap mm-hmm. my head around it 30-something years later. Like, But I never had anybody, I thought it was normal, per se, because it was, okay, this weird thing happened, but I'm not going to say anything because nobody asked me about it. Maybe it just happens to everybody and it's not. You know, maybe it's common enough that we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. And then I think I did lose a lot of... See, I sound like I'm not a skeptic when I talk like this. <laughs> well, no, you're just... You're being open to the possibilities. I am. Um, Where, not that I so much lost, lost it, but I think I lost some of it along the way. And I even had some strange things happen. Okay, I'll tell you one thing. We're kind of getting off topic, but we'll get back to it. We got time. There's yeah, always a pause right. button for you guys if you need to go do something. Um, <laughs> where, <clears throat> let's say I gave my mom a hug. And I, this is going to sound so freaking weird. I would, we touch foreheads. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to sound so weird, but this has happened to me ever since I was little. I've lost it probably within the last like 10 years. Where it wasn't like a pressure, but it was, a, it almost hurt, if that makes sense. Like when I no, would, it makes sense. When I would go, sorry, I'm going to touch you. When I do this with somebody, if I was dating somebody, I would clearly do that with them, whatever. But I would feel, I don't know, it was weird. Like I was getting their energy like right in my head. No, it's, that's where your third eye is. So, well, so they were poking me in the eye. That was the problem. Well, there you go. Well, did you ever, like when you <laughs> did it, um, did you ever have things that ran through your mind? Because mm-hmm. for me, that would be like um, telecommunication. Oh, man, Where, don't make me weird. I'm just kidding. No, it's okay to be no, weird. No, that's a, that's a good <laughs> gift. You, you should, um, you can open it back up. You should just work on developing it again. But it almost, it almost became like a, not a physical pain that I couldn't handle. But it's but, a pressure. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? No, but I never told anybody. No, it was, just, it was, it was opening your third eye. But also I used to be that way when I touched somebody that I, that I cared about. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would touch them and it was like a. Again, almost like a pressure, but like a warmth I'd get from that. Not on everybody, but usually on the people that I cared about. Yeah. It's an exchange of energy. And I'm like, this you, is weird. I never said anything. <sighs> I'm really opening up. 
<laughs> no, that's cool. You should you should work on um, developing that again. It hasn't it hasn't gone away. It's just closed down. Like you know, I walked away from it, and it's taken me several years to be more open and to you know discover more of my gifts and what I'm stronger at. And you know, I it took me longer to develop being a my psychic skills mm-hmm. than it did the healing. I'm a natural healer. So right. I'm a natural energy worker. I can move your energy and I can heal it. And, you know, I can balance you out and I can raise your vibration so that you can get closer to your spiritual gifts. The the psychic, it came it came easily. The the belief in myself okay. was more, was harder for me. But, you know, I've conquered that too. Right. See, I just, I never had, well, you know about my childhood, I guess, essentially, where being different wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Per se. Um which was fine. That's just how that side of my family was. It's cool. But I had to hide all that. Not hide it, but I couldn't talk about it. And it scared me, but I, it shouldn't have scared me. Now, knowing what I know now, it should not have scared me, but I had nobody to tell me what was going on. Like I tell you something, I've been holding mm-hmm. on to this other one. Oh, yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> because I actually want to have a full episode on um, out-of-body experiences. Mm-hmm. When I was probably five or six, and this happened a few times, but it was always at my cousin Jennifer's house, um, my, my step-cousin. Mm-hmm. And it was always when we were playing in her room, playing Barbies. Okay, let's say this is her room. She had a waterbed here, and we had she had the Barbie dream house over here. We were playing Barbies. But I, whenever I went over there, but I always remember being able to see myself play. And I was always up. My vision to be able to see myself playing with her with the Barbies always came up from the corner up in the ceiling by where her door would open. And I'd always have to tell myself, okay, you need to get back in there now, you know, and it was like time to go. But I don't know, did I enjoy watching myself play? Was that what I was doing? You were astral projecting. All the time. And it's, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. But I, I will remember that until the day I die. I will. And don't ask me again what I did yesterday, because I don't remember, but I will remember everything. One time I had my new kids on the block sweatshirt on. Like, I can remember that detail. Like, that's just some of the mm, crazy stuff used to happen to me when I was little all the time, but I never had anybody, you know, my dad was a wonderful dad, but he didn't know any of that. I wasn't going to go tell him that stuff. Mm -hmm. My mom, well, they probably would have put me in an institution or something for trying to say something like that when I was that young. And I don't think, I think that happens a lot. And that's why kids won't say things Mm -hmm. or they will say, yep, I made it up. Because there's nobody there asking them person to person instead of parent to kid or adult to kid. Well, that's intimidating to a kid. Get down on their level. Get down on your knee. Look them. Yep. Be their friend for a minute. Ask them. You're going to get the truth. Because kids, kids. Yes. Kids kids just want to talk. Right. Really. In the end. You know. And um, if you think about it this way, being open about spirituality with them, it takes it takes a lot of the fear out. Because let's be real, when it's when it's dark and something's going bump and they can't explain it, that's where nightmares start. Mm-hmm. But if you can explain it for them with something they can with a way they can rationalize it. Yes. It takes away that fear. And mm-hmm. they might be a little creeped out, but there's no fear. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between feeling a little creepy right. and well, being we're afraid. Taught the unknown is scary, but it doesn't have to be scary because we're Mm-mm. taught that. From right the get-go. Yeah. It's dark. Oh, scary. No, just get your flashlight or turn on the light. You'll see what it is. You know, and if you can't, 
Did it hurt you? No. Okay, you're going to be fine. You know, grow up and then be an investigator so you can figure out what it was. Or, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. We're just taught fear. We're taught fear very young and, and fear of things that we don't need to fear. We need to educate ourselves on. Not fear it, educate. I know. Yeah, that, I think it's, it'll probably sound weird, but it's one of the reasons why I've always let my kids watch scary mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the back of your mind as a parent, you're like, well, it's not appropriate. But at the same time, they've, they've grown up not being afraid of it. Like, it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have to be afraid of it. It reminds me of um, that little boy that we met. Yes. The last podcast. And he called me the creepy girl. And I tried to bribe him with stones. And I asked him, are you still going to call me creepy girl if I, if I give you some pretty stones? He said yes. But with that being said, he likes creepy things. He does. So Mama Mary took that as a compliment, I as I would too. At first, and I was like, to because Wait he kept talking to you. He was very calmly when he was talking. Oh to yeah, you. it wasn't like, oh my god. No, it was. Hey, he was, he was a riot. I like you, creepy Especially, woman. I know. <laughs> he, he was so funny. He goes, oh, it's a scary girl. And then he wanted to see the creepy girl, and he was he was talking about my portrait. I was like, hey. Oh yeah, your picture. <laughs> <laughs> That was yeah, great. That was cute. He's a cutie. Well, for you, sure. with that, you can definitely tell that he has gifts because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's open to it. Mm-hmm. And what's I find it fascinating that um, he was so into it. Like for him, he really he liked that. He mm-hmm. that. Thank well, yeah, he knew exactly what he was talking about. Like he had that confidence. How old is he? Three? Almost three. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say yes. I was telling Des about him, and I said if he is three, he's just three. But he. Had a conversation with Mama Mary, like full board confidence behind him, like you. He knew he was talking like, about. You're lying because, well, first of all, he's not even three, and yeah, he just had the confidence of a grown person telling you something. Like he studied something forever, and it's like, okay, his no question. Doing, this kid, his mom's doing a great job with him because he's he's going to stay open mm-hmm. because she allows him to be, mm-hmm. you know, but. Yeah, he was super cute. I fell in love. He was. <laughs> was. I fell in love. Aww, he'll be our little mascot. I'm gonna squeeze his. <laughs> I'm gonna squeeze his cheeks. Yeah, cheeks out. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> um, in my research that I did this week, I went a little here and there because most of it just pretty much said, "Well, it's because kids watch too many movies and they make up stories." So it was like, due to media and popular culture, people usually will say that the reason why the young claim to see spirits is because of these movies like The Exorcist, The Poltergeist, the new one uh, that came out not that long ago called Mama. But what are these... Because when they're talking about children, they're talking about like preschool-aged children. So we're talking like four or five. Why? I'm not sure I'd let my kid at four or five watch Poltergeist. Yeah, no. You know, maybe 10 or 11. No. Yeah, they're going to see things, because I have nightmares of it, mm-hmm. and it's things out of the movie, you know, so well, don't let them watch it in the first place, but if they're telling you that, hey, somebody comes and visits me every night, ask them questions. Don't say, no, they don't. Ask them. Have them write it down. Mm-hmm. And if they can write down these details, which most of them can, that you know they can't just make up, because most of them, if you ask... And I've read some of the interviews that psychologists and whatnot have had with these children. Now, the ones that do have imaginary friends, that's one way to be able to tell. Describe them. 
they have to think about the description because they are making what they want it to be. Now, if they're like, okay, so this this young girl that comes to play with you, Margaret, it, you know, when you're in your room, you know, what color hair does she have? They'd be like blonde and blue eyes. And, you know, they can rattle that stuff up. That's how they say you can tell the difference between a imaginary friend and an actual spirit coming to visit your child or mm -hmm. playing with your child. Most of them aren't going to hurt, you know, especially if they're playing, you know, but if your child does come to you and say they're mean, whatever, even if you're not a believer, but your child says this, would you suggest that they just say, tell their child, tell whatever the name is to stop, you're scaring me. Even if you don't believe, don't tell your kid that they're, they're full of crap because we don't know, even though you don't believe, we ultimately don't know. Yeah, because like, I'll do that with JJ. Like, um, What's that going to hurt even if you don't believe? Because I think what, we had a conversation one day, and he was talking about, uh, well, it started out because he was trying to creep out his sisters for once, because <laughs> he was like, I see dead people. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, they, you know, <laughs> yeah. He got yeah, the reaction. Yeah, yeah. But then he was talking about that, you know, he didn't like sleeping upstairs because uh, there's a little boy that touches his um foot. And I said, well, you need to tell him to stop, that you don't like that. And then um, he said, okay. And then he was talking about um, a bad dream he was having about Chucky. Oh. And uh, so I told him, I said, okay. I said, well, when you wake up from those dreams, you, you tell him that you don't like that and he's not going to be in your dream anymore. He goes, oh. He goes, I did. When I woke up, I, I said that uh, if he wanted to be in my dreams, he had to play nice. He goes, so when I went back to sleep, he played nice. We just played. I said, see? He goes, yeah. He goes, you're right. It, it's something that, and maybe it's just a psychological thing. He took control mm -hmm. over the situation and he created what he wanted out of it. Right. And even if it wasn't real and he did manifest that in his brain, you just taught him, though, stand up for yourself and good good change can come from that. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be timid from other things. So you got to think of the whole big picture as she taught him a lesson, not so much not only in the spiritual world, though, but also... Yeah, to draw your as, lines, yeah. draw, have your boundaries. I, I'm 37, and she's still trying to teach me that. <laughs> I'm like, but I can't think now. Okay, so in this article, I, I wanted to read this blurb out of this article because I don't know how it makes me feel, and I want to know how it makes you feel. <laughs> when a generally terrified and wide-awake child tells his mother or father that she saw a scary, shadowy man outside her door or window, there's a good chance they might... Take it seriously, especially if they are among the nearly 40% of Americans who believe in haunted houses. This, of course, only feeds and reinforces the child's fears. See, to me, what that's saying is that that 40%, that's kind of a slap in the face. They're saying 40% of Americans are full of BS because they believe in this stuff. To me, that that's how I took that mm -hmm. that part. Is that how? Yeah. that's it, 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 it doesn't have to be a fear. They're not reinforcing the fear. No, not at all. Not if you acknowledge. Just because you acknowledge does not mean that you're reinforcing it. Well, if, well, if you don't acknowledge it, that's when the fear builds because yes, nobody acknowledged know. the fear, so they're they're sitting there thinking about it all by Fears themselves, not knowing and not being educated about it, mm -hmm. and not yeah, it, it, that leaves so many what ifs. Now, if you acknowledge it and talk to them about it, do a little research, what have you. Like I said, even if you're a skeptic, what is it going to hurt? Mm -hmm, exactly. It's not going to hurt nothing to do it and to try to help your child. And if, if you think that they're going to eventually grow out of it, this will just help that stage in their life then, to me. Yep. You know, I'd do anything for my kids if, if 
I totally didn't believe any of this stuff, and I want nothing to do with the paranormal, but Destiny came to me and said, Mom, you know, told me that, that she saw a shadowy person, and they come there the same time every night. Well, that that time every night, I'm going to be in her room with her, and we're, we're going to try to figure out what it is together. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell her she's crazy, because then, to me, that would make a... It brings in, say? like, self, self-doubt. Yes, yes. You're going to make your child very timid that way. To me, that's... I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but to me, that I believe... That that's where, when I say parents go wrong, because I'll get hated for that, but essentially, just because you don't believe it, doesn't mean your kid has to either, or not, you mm-hmm. know, but back them up, even if you don't. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know, that kind of really made me angry, <laughs> reading that, because I'm like, you can't just say that, and then that's it, like, that's, there's nothing past that as to why this person that wrote this felt that way. They just or, wrote that, yeah. it's yeah. just a, an yeah. opinion. Yeah, which is fine because paranormal is mainly opinions to me anyway because there is no, we can't, there's nothing in black and white saying it is or it's not, but that's what makes investigations fun, the hunting's fun, the the learning, the experiencing it fun because you never know. Each experience is different and that makes it so cool to mm-hmm. me. I, oh, yeah. You know, it keeps keeps me wanting to keep going with it, whatever. What, what you got? Oh, oh I was just going to talk about, you know, some things... You know, there's a lot of things where if you're wondering if your child has gifts mm-hmm. where, there, you know, characteristics like being highly sensitive emotionally and physically to other people, places or things where, you know, they're they're very sensitive to other people's feelings or if their their friends are Sorry. if their friends are sad, you know, it, it affects them emotionally and, you know, unexplained mood swings, very intelligent, but can easily be distracted where they just can't seem to focus, you know, sort of like, like I did when, uh, before we started recording all of a sudden I felt energy move behind me and I kind of went like off, like dazed and confused. Yeah. I was like, what the hell's wrong with you? (laughs) And I couldn't think straight. It's, it's those kind of things where, um, being sensitive to that. And when they're young, if you recognize some of those things, you can teach them meditation and how to ground themselves. So while they can have those experiences, they can also stay well grounded and centered and not be all over the place. I, I feel like there's a lot of kids out there who are diagnosed with ADHD, who really just have some spiritual gifts, but everything about that is closed off. So instead of developing those gifts and learning how to control them and harness them, they're given medication. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Jocelyn's ADHD, and she hasn't taken her medication. I'm, like, looking at you, like, really? Yeah. So she probably has the same, like, like how they tried to diagnose Ethan, because they're not loud, they're not rambunctious by any means, they're not hyperactive. The doctor just, I went to said they can't they focus. Right, they don't have ADD no more. That's not, there's ADHD and then, like, two levels of ADHD. And, yeah, because mm-hmm. either he's always daydreaming out the windows. That's what all the teachers say. Okay. How are his grades? Good. Is he disruptive? No. Why am I here? <laughs> like, he's daydreaming about things. I, I'm not going to tell... I can't tell him to stop. Well, you know, another um, another sign is, like, you know, a vivid imagination. Mm-hmm. Planning or night terrors. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, another sign that that's because they're astral planning while they're sleeping. They go somewhere else. And we all do that, you know, mm-hmm. the astral realm. But Jazzy, she hasn't taken her medicine 
four or five years. I didn't like how she was just just not herself. Ethan came to me three months into it, Mom. I'm not Ethan. That's what he said. I'm not Ethan. Okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're done. Because I told her, I said, if, if you can get decent grades without it, mm-hmm. then That's exactly you don't what, need it. Yeah, me and Ethan, and we'd have a, a little mommy-Ethan meeting every morning, and then from that time on, it, it was good. Because I pretty, almost tell him, even keep yourself grounded, okay, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to have a good day. Now, remember, when you start feeling that way, think about mom being here, and we're talking. Mm-hmm. Okay? We're, we're talking face-to-face. Now, remember that. we, we got to stay focused, at least while you're at school. When you come home, it's different. You know, I'll let you be yourself. You want to just look out the window and imagine things, I go for it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Then draw them out, because he would draw such beautiful pictures of these things that weren't here, you know, but he drew the, what do I want to say, the the detail, the details in these pictures that he would draw would be, like, perfect. Like he knew what he was saying and how to get it on paper, so I could see it, too. He wanted to share it, mm-hmm. but he was saying beautiful things. You know, I'm not, teachers always wanting to be like, Argh. okay, look, is he throwing crap at you? No? Okay. Is he fighting? No. This is crazy. He gets his homework in. So everything's good. You just don't really like my child. Really is essentially how I got like the personalities clash. That's fine. You're going to clash. And I would tell that to Ethan. And no, so only being 11, you're not going to get along with every teacher. (gasps) Mom, I would never say I don't like a teacher. And that warms my heart, but at the same time, like, oh, man, he's going to get his heart broke so much. <laughs> get yeah. This teacher this past year. And if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> you were not nice to my child for all the wrong reasons. And we, we did our part. We held up our end of the bargain to make things easier for him. You did not. Principal got involved. Got better for him for a little bit because the principal knew what was going on. Anyway, I'm getting way off track. Huh. But... He does have gifts, and it's people like his teacher that just shut them down. Mm-hmm. Shut them down. So, because I don't ever want to tell kids there's a place to do this and there's not a place, but that's essentially what it is because not everybody's ready for. Well, I think, too, that, um, that's why a lot of kids start losing their gifts is once they go to school, they're conditioned mm-hmm. for something completely different. Mm-hmm. Completely different. And, you know, I got bad grades in school, but I'm highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. And... So I think I think good grades are overrated, yes. very overrated. It's all about test. Yeah, and not how you take a test. How you take a test is not going to get you through the real world. No. Well, taking a test, you're you're cramming in this knowledge. You're not really learning anything. What you are doing is mes- memorizing this for this test, and then you throw that crap out. And all that memorizing I mean, that pushes away that spiritual gift mm-hmm. and being open, open to that. Mm-hmm. And you know, just there's. There's so many good qualities about spirituality and being open to all the possibilities that we should we should be sharing that not only with each other, but with our children. Mm-hmm. Raise them to be good people. Yes. See, there are over-the-top people when it comes to the spiritual world or oh, definitely. community. There's definitely people who take it to extremes. But, but there is a happy medium where I believe all people of difference, because ultimately whether you are... There's some words I just don't want to say. Whether you hate this person for this reason or this group for that reason, whatever reason, really, we're coexisting together whether you like it or not. Why not make it halfway decent? Mm-hmm. You know, why we're on this planet. 
Well, there's you know, there's find some that happy medium. You know, religions that will take it to extreme. Not like, not religions, not religions like you know specific religions. But I remember um, growing up with a best friend, and the only way her mom was a pastor, and the only way I could hang out with her is if I went to their church. Mm-hmm. But I remember sitting there one night with an earache, and they all, her and a big group of men, stood around me and threw holy water on me and put their hands on me and started praying to God. Scared the crap out of me. Oh, my goodness. Scared the crap right out of me. And, you know, then she came back and um, and asked if my earache was gone. It wasn't. But no, I got a hearing, and I'm scared chill. She scared the crap out of me, so I told her, yeah. And, yeah. you know, for me, that was extreme. And she's like, well, you yeah. know, the, the God, God has saved your soul and took away your pain. And I'm thinking, this isn't... Well, I was out in the freaking wind. And I remember <laughs> I, I remember my now. mom, um, she had just had hip surgery a couple of weeks before that. And we were at a store, and we walked out, and it was the same woman. And she dropped to her knees in the middle of the sidewalk and put her hands all over my mom praying. So I think it doesn't matter where you are, there's always going to be something that's taken to extreme. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because not all religions are like that. No. She was just, she was extreme. Right. And see, that's what I, I think it's great. Every religion, whatever you feel, and you're that passionate about it, oh, my gosh, you have my respect. I, I, I think that's a great thing. But what I, I want to say that, as I said in the house, uh, that not everybody is ready for certain things of this world that we can't see or to hear about it. Like if you are walking down the street and somebody that is spiritually open sees a spirit or sees your um, aura uh-huh. and they go up and tell you and you're like, what? You know, because yeah. I've had people come up and tell me that even New York City, walking down 40 deuce and, you know, woman comes up, you radiate yellow. I'm, what? And well, I was like 26, 27 this lady talking about oh my god you know i wasn't ready to hear that i had no idea what she was talking about. i'm like well this lady's crazy when you have that gift you don't always have to tell everybody because no, you don't have it to is, share with everybody right there's a world out there that that isn't ready for that just because you're on no. that level not everybody is and that's really no different than scaring a little kid going there is a monster under your bed to me yeah I, it's because some of us just aren't ready to hear that Mm-hmm. Unless we come up and ask you, I really don't want to hear about it. Well, I mean, I'm gonna read. Really I'm gonna sorry. read off some um, <laughs> some things like, or if you're curious, this either can pertain to the listeners if they're wanting to see if they have gifts, or you know, signs that your child does. You know, like we talked about being highly sensitive emotionally and physically, extremely creative, you know, intelligent but easily distracted. Those mood swings where sometimes all of a sudden they're happy, but then all of a sudden they're mad. I get that a lot. Mm -hmm. And you could say it's because it's Shark Week or I'm a female, but a lot of times it's it's being around. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that before and I'm like, why would somebody say Shark Week? And then I just now got it. I love you, in town. That is funny. I'm always like, I love watching Shark Week. (laughs) <laughs> that's why I got all those weird looks <laughs> see and some people are just naive like me you can't just go around saying things well, so <laughs> but sometimes it's taking on a mood of somebody else okay, you yeah. know changing that mood swing and then um, 
they, you know, taking the pain, you know, or challenges for others mm-hmm. where they can sense someone struggling and you, you watch them naturally take over so that other person doesn't have to struggle. Vivid dreams, not being able to fall asleep, not wanting to go to bed, fear of the dark. I, I, I am very afraid of the dark. I am very afraid of the dark. Or, you know, they're very curious about their deceased loved ones, or they, they tell you that they see spirits. Imaginary friends, fascinated by another culture or time period, ancient civilization, <laughs> because, and they know, intuitively know a great deal about it. Mm-hmm. That, that shows that they have spiritual gifts. Getting overwhelmed by energy, you know, prone to headaches, anxiety, fatigue, feeling isolated, you know, from peers, even ridiculed, made fun of for being weird. Oh, they remember and talk about past lives or going to places they've never been, you know, or just going somewhere and feeling like it's familiar. And then, um, sorry, it's something different than just, um, what do they call that? Deja Deja vu. vu. Yeah. Okay. You know, just like a feeling of coming home, Mm -hmm. you know, or other people make them nervous. Separation anxiety. They, you know, being able to quickly uh, absorb the vibrations of other people. Kind of like that is one of my greatest gifts. I can read a person just like that. I can, they can walk into a room and I will know what they're feeling, how they're feeling. I can just feel that vibe. I can feel when a vibe changes, and, you know, or I can have somebody, you know, I've done it at work where I ask them what's wrong. And they're like, how did you know something's wrong? You're not even looking at me. I said, I can feel you. And, uh, it's just, it's just the way it is. We should, um, we should pay attention to this in ourselves as well as our children and encourage, encourage them to delve into it and develop it because a lot of these traits are good traits. They are. And that's, that's what we're here for. If you don't know how to use them or, or I don't want to say control them, but, um, learn to live with them. It could turn into something bad, like severe anxiety and stuff, because I'm, oh, I hate this. And that's what I told Amanda, what I said, it's a curse because being an empath, if I'm around somebody happy, that's great. But you get around somebody that's sad or just an angry person or just a bad person, they uh-huh. don't come off as bad, but you, you feel you that. that. I've gotten physically sick before and it's a horrible, horrible thing. And my kids are the same way, but I don't know how to deal with it yet. So I can't help them. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how I've tried. I've been on medications for the anxiety and stuff, and I wake up with anxiety. I go to the doctor. Yeah. You know, are, are you going to bed stressed? You know what? I, I don't stress about nothing. <laughs> like, I don't. I should. <laughs> I worry, but I fix it so I don't have to stress. I fix the issues that would normally stress me out, so I don't generally stress. So when I wake up with an anxiety attack that I think I'm having a heart attack or I can't breathe, what the hell? Wake me up in the middle of the night. Whatever. My kids suffer the same thing. But because I don't know how to deal with it, I can't help them. Mm-hmm. And that frustrates me. And it frustrates me because I know that part, at least the spiritual world, is real. Because I, to me, it's real. Because I experience that part of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to pick and choose what I believe. <laughs> hey. Doesn't everybody? I mean, it just. But yeah, if you think about it, putting a different spin on what it is versus, oh, I think I'm crazy or mm-hmm. I'm just always anxious. I'm just sick. There's something wrong with me. If you put it in perspective of, no, 
I'm just sensing what's around me, it, it gives it a new light. Mm-hmm. It does, because the medication made me flat. I wasn't sad. I wasn't happy. I was nothing. I was here. That was it. Yeah. I, I don't want this. I took it for three months. I'm good. I got off everything. I think it was, I was 31, 32, went to the doctors, take nothing, had a checkup, left taking nine different things. And not even just, they didn't tell me I was crazy. And I'm really like, whoa. No, it was, I had the sleeping issue. I had the waking up with the anxiety. Well, there's a drug for that. There's a drug for this. I took all the medications until like my blood pressure and stuff went down and I got that all under control. I was good to go. I'm like, no, I'm going to figure out a way at least for the anxiety. I don't want any of this. The anxiety is the thing that bothers me the most because that can cripple me per se, like when I'm shopping or when I'm, because I can pass out from it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, so I learned how to ground myself, as you would say, yep. where, okay, I'm going to take a second. I may look ridiculous. I take my deep breath and out. And I do that until everything's calm. My heart rate's back to normal. Mm-hmm. I, just everything's back to normal. And that's what I've had to teach Ethan to do because his anxiety got super bad. And again, with the teacher, she's like, I don't know where he gets in this thinking that he's got anxiety, blah, blah, blah. And I've never said anything to him. A doctor mentioned it to me. He heard it. She said, I don't think he's got ADHD. I think he's got anxiety. We just got to figure out a way to calm it down work with it and i explained to her how i do it it's okay oh, that's good because i went the other doctor pill pushers then i went to one that's anti-pill i prefer that because we're going to work on other ways first and then we would look for medication exactly yep so that's what you know he will do the breathing technique and stuff but that works for me everybody's different you may have to take yourself out of the complete situation but also if your kids going through that help them take them out of that situation if you're in the walmart And they're like, whoa, (laughs) you know, maybe that tantrum isn't a tantrum. Maybe that's an anxiety attack. Take them out to your car. Read them a book real quick. Sing them a song. Mm -hmm. Rock them. Comfort them. That's what they need. Not, I'm going to spank you and blah, blah, blah. Maybe there's too much, if this is what it is, spirit going on. When you're in a busy place, there's a lot of spirit going on. There's a lot of energies being passed, even from people that we physically see, being an empath. Maybe your child's a severe empath, and they're taking all that on. That's overwhelming. The only thing they know to do is cry. Yep. Help them. I'm really making sense to myself you today. Are, see? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Man, this is good. <laughs> I know. So I got one. Um, no. We're talking about kids with the, the gifts and whatnot. A article that I came across that was I thought was pretty neat was, um, was I guess I'll just read that those with autism are often first to recognize the paranormal that makes sense i thought that and i was like huh very interesting i i thought that's a new way to think of it because a lot of people when they think autism people that have never had to work with or have a child or i don't want to say dealt with because that to me that just is weird but or loved someone that was diagnosed with autism you're looking at like that like because there's so many different levels of autism. And people that have never had to see it or be around it are like, well, they just need more spankings or they're not blah, blah, blah. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. Keep your mouth shut. You don't know what you're talking about. That's as plain as I can put that part of it. Oh, yeah. But I never thought about them being able to, being being special as they already are. This makes them even more special if this is really true. And I think that, 
I'm not saying it's true, but it's a great possibility after reading the article that I read. So I could definitely see it. Yeah. And like I said, there's different levels and whatnot. And it's, oh, it was just phenomenal. It says these children have so many great gifts and can teach us patience, which is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Parents of children or caretakers of children with autism, you guys rock like uh, they're angels on earth. (laughs) I think because it does take a lot of patience to well anybody that takes care of somebody else is an angel on earth I think because you're caring for somebody else that really needs you so well it definitely takes a special person yes because they do have their own ways of seeing the world and communicating whether it be to a child their age or it, it will even adults with autism it, it, they have their own way of communicating now kind of take it in a different perspective maybe with some of their fits that they have or episodes that they have, it's something paranormal going on around them. But they don't know how to tell you that. Yeah. Because we didn't teach them that. I'm not saying, okay, everybody go teach your kid about paranormal. That's not your belief. You're not going to, but make it known. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, they're eventually going to be 18 and be out and experience things on their own anyway and watch scary movies, scary movie that's based on paranormal because stuff we don't know. So, I mean... The thing with the autism, I'll just read right from the article because I don't really know how to, well, piece things from the article. As if you have one of these special children, you may have noticed that things happen around your house. No, I'm not talking about the normal things in a child-filled home. I'm talking about unusual things, ghostly things, things that go bump in the night. (laughs) It would appear as if unseen beings like autistic children. That's weird. That was just a sentence. (laughs) Because they process information and see the world differently, autistic children are more likely to see strange things. They often witness activities way before anyone else in the home. They are more sensitive to nuances and they cannot lie. So when they look at the ceiling and react as if someone is talking to them, then you know you are dealing with the truth. They really are seeing and hearing something. Naturally, you shouldn't assume it's a ghost when such a thing happens. You must always consider the possibility of a hallucination. Medications or mental illness certainly can have that effect. However, when others see and hear the same things, then you have to consider other possibilities, like the paranormal. Um, we do have a story here. It says, Melissa is a single mom to 12-year-old autistic Daniel. From the time he was little, Daniel would look up at the ceiling and react to the home, to the, blah, react to some invisible being. As he got older, Daniel would draw pictures of an old man in a cowboy hat and say things like, he here. He'd point to the picture and then the ceiling. With time, Melissa became worried about her son's mental health and took him to a neurologist who found nothing wrong but referred Daniel to a psychiatrist. Though Daniel showed no other signs of psychosis other than seeming, seemingly seeing something in the home, the psychiatrist said Daniel was psychotic. Yeah, this one made me a little angry. This was a real blow and Melissa was devastated. Yet Daniel wasn't the only family member to see the old cowboy Even though Melissa hadn't seen him, her mother had. And Daniel's nine-year-old brother had seen and heard the man as well. It wasn't until a neighbor saw the cowboy that Melissa began to believe there was more at work than the psychosis. Living in Texas, it wasn't a stretch that you might see an apparition of a cowboy. And Melissa began asking questions about the area where her family lived. She never did find out if anyone had died on the property. But after asking around, she found there were other people in the neighborhood who had strange things happening in their homes, too. They talked about the things moving on their own, doors being slammed when the windows were closed. Melissa is convinced that her family has contact with the paranormal. 
She is very angry that her son was labeled as a psychotic when he clearly was not. Since coming to terms with it, Melissa said the activity lessened. Um, so something went on in her home, whether paranormal or not. Her son saw something unusual before anyone else did. Was it his autism that allowed him to do so? It's fascinating. It is. So maybe autism really essentially is is um, is a link. Could be a link to. Well, they the say that world. you know special needs are God's children. Mm-hmm. That when you look into their eyes, you see the eyes of God, and I believe that's true. So maybe that's extent. essentially what it is. They are a link to that world because we're humans and. We have so many faults, we shut that possibility out. Mm -hmm. And they don't. Mm -hmm. Just naturally open. Mm -hmm. Aww. I think that psychologist she took him to um, needs to be fired, but I didn't like that at all. There are some other ones, but... um, It says, young children don't have the limitations of life and belief systems installed fully. They haven't been taught that ghosts don't exist, so that limitation isn't there as far as to why they see ghosts or think they see things. See, we could go on forever, and it's because we don't know things. (laughs) We try to know things. In the paranormal, a lot of it comes down to actually not even researching or educating yourself on things. It comes down to um, experience. It does. Experiencing things. Mm Mm-hmm. And then taking that out further. Um... But us being, I do firmly believe that we are taught that, okay, if there isn't an answer, it's not real. Like, you know, parents will, will, will cut their kids off real quick when they ask about a ghost. Or, hey, I see grandpa. Okay, no, you didn't. He died 10 years ago. Yeah, he's right here. Nope, nope, we cut that off. You want to get on medication. Or, nope, don't ever say that again. Like, and we, we totally cut that off so that those children do, do shut that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they have no other option. Because, well, you have to listen to your parents. So they say. Just kidding, I listen to mine. <laughs> Let's see. There was just so much, really. And the problem with this, it's not really a problem. But it was, I got a lot of, uh, I don't want to say negative, but negative things in my research. Like, okay, okay. This was kind of a science thing. Um says, infants can see things that adults cannot. See, over time, our brains start filtering out details deemed unimportant. So our brains naturally condition themselves mm-hmm. to where, okay, if we get rationalized that, it, we're not even going to pay attention. It never happened. But it does. Like, it did happen. Just because we can't rationalize it doesn't mean, let, but I think chemically, the science part of it, we're chemically made that way. Yeah. Essentially, you just got to find out how to, how to fight that. So... They did this test. Um, it says when babies are just three to four months old, they can pick out images, diff- bleh, image differences that adults never notice. But after the age of five months, the infants lose their super sight abilities. Um, it says don't don't get too jealous of the superior discrimination that infants have. However, the reason adults or b- even babies older than eight months don't have it is because over time our brains learn what differences are important to notice. I thought that was interesting, especially there's still a baby mm-hmm. that, to know that. I, I, I thought that was really neat to just kind of think about. And, it is. And how, how our brain, because the brain is such a powerful thing. It's going to tell us that it's not there when it is there. So we may be living in a completely different world if you think about it. Like, Get it? Think about it? Ah, 
Zing. <laughs> oh, snap. Uh, see, this is where, like, conspiracy theories start coming in, and that would lead us to a whole other thing. But essentially, conspiracy theories and the paranormal could so go in together, it's ridiculous. But they ran, they did this test. So I'll, I will get these pictures off, back off the website, and then put them on the page so that everybody can see. There's a picture of A, B, and C, each of a snail. So it says, for example, when adults look at the images of a snail, they typically say that glossy snail A and the glossy snail B are the most similar. The matte-looking snail C seems to be the outlier, but a baby can tell that snail B and snail C are actually more similar. Though it is hard for adults to see, snail A stands out from the others, that the surface of the snail reflects very different lighting conditions. Babies are more sensitive to that seemingly trivial trivial image difference. We learn to ignore certain types of differences so that we can recognize the same object as unchanging in many very varied scenarios. Interesting. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So that they, they can see. They're actually a lot more intelligent <laughs> as a baby. As far as visually, they clearly can't speak to us, but they know they can tell differences of things. I, I just thought that was really, really cool because when I looked, I'm like, well, yeah, A and B. I'm online, they're clearly colored, uh, yeah. but yeah, it, it, it was neat. And then I was like, one of these things, it's not like the others, but it's probably not the one you think. Researchers based in Tokyo, Japan, explored the ability of a very young child by testing 42 infants between the ages of three and eight months old. Since these babies can't yet talk, the researchers tracked their perception of images based on how long the baby stared at each image. Hmm. Previous research has shown that when a baby sees something they consider new, they stare longer. Objects that are familiar would only merit a passing glance. The time difference in gaze showed that the three- and four-month-old babies noticed the difference in the pixel intensity and were less impressed with the differences in the surfaces. Whether the images were glossy or matte, that is. But by the time the infants were seven to eight months old, their vision was closer to that of an adult, and they could no longer see the pixel difference. Hmm. Well, that Interesting. Very, yeah, I thought it was. Well, I think it was neat that they they did a study like that to okay, we're gonna show them three things that we know are there because it's a picture of something and see how it is. Yeah. To to be able to tell the difference in it, and I and I think it was really cool that the babies could tell the difference before an adult. Scientists call this type of change perceptual narrowing, meaning that the attention focuses in and people can miss out on certain differences. It's a normal part of the development of the brain and vision. Another study showed that babies younger than six months of age could recognize different monkeys by their faces alone, whereas adults and even nine-month-olds could only recognize human faces. Um, it says, the loss of sensitivity isn't anything to mourn, however, the babies are keying into a difference that amounts to light changes, not a change in the object itself. Adults instead recognize that this is the same snail, even if the environment around it has shifted in some way. Ignoring that the relativity, meaningless difference is a way that humans tune, tune our perception to our environment, allowing us to navigate it efficiently and successfully. And say, even if a left... Even if it left a large portion of reality forever outside our research, she adds. In other words, babies might be able to see things adults can't, but adults more fully understand what they do see. See, I don't. They do, but they don't because we change things that we do not like. Mm-hmm. 
We see what we want. Right. Because we're human and that's what we do. We're not going to see something that we don't want to see. Yeah. We're going to try to make it something that is comforting to us for the most part. Here are some tips for what I would personally do if I were a parent of a psychic child. I wish I would have remembered that because that would have worked. So, if you do believe that your child has psychic abilities from what Mama Mary read earlier, <laughs> says, don't encourage your child to interact with or make friends. What? I don't know if I like that. Should, should they not interact? I don't know. I guess it would depend. Hmm. I guess I'll just read it anyway. I have heard of some parents who encourage the child to talk to the lost spirit as if it's some long lost ancestor. I personally wouldn't encourage that. I feel that there is really no place for that lost spirit in a child's room or around a child. There is a place for guardian angels and spirit guides, but not for lost spirits. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they could be scary. Mm-hmm. Not meaning to, but I mean, but if a spirit chooses to show itself to the child and he's trying to get a message across, Mm-hmm. And not being mean. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I, I think that would be a personal preference, I guess. I don't know. I would personally have a medium come in and sit with my child and... and explain it. Yeah, explain it, but also see if the child can get, call that spirit there so then the medium can get involved as well. Mm-hmm. And to see if the spirit would communicate with the medium. That way you have somebody that kind of knows that world and knows how to deal with it, and maybe explain it to the child, too. Yeah. But also, because the child's not going to be like, go away forever, my mom told me to tell you that. You know, maybe the medium could do it in a nice, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm just rambling. <laughs> it says, explain to your child what she is seeing. Yes, this probably involves explaining what happens when we die, if you haven't already. <laughs> you should explain that some souls do not want to go to heaven straight away, and instead wait around for some someone they love and occasionally they get lost and go where they shouldn't i personally wouldn't make up a lie because your child will sense it and will be confused and confusion can breed fear yeah what do you feel about that Mm -hmm. (laughs) um make spirits seem less scary i remember when i was little i was very scared of spiders for some reason i became less scared of them when my father explained that spiders are more scared of us than we are them they seem less fearsome when i knew that when I clear these lost spirits from locations and auras, they do sometimes seem pretty terrified. So you tell, so you could tell your child that usually spirits are scared of us as we are them. Plus, we as humans have all the power. Lost spirits are pretty much powerless. They can't do anything to hurt us. I also remember my father once saying to me, it's not the dead who can hurt us. Try to make it as normal as possible, but you could also touch on the fact that it's not okay to talk about it to just anyone goes back to what we're saying too because mm-hmm. some people can't see the spirits and will think that you're making it up hopefully these tips should make the experience of sensing or seeing a spirit less traumatic for your child but if they don't here's a final tip remind your child that he or she is in control no that that's really i, I thought that was pretty good basic. that's a lot of good good information yeah I, but they they kept it basic so where so where a parent wouldn't be so overwhelmed and be like oh my gosh well yeah it's helping them um take the fear out of the situation So anyway, we're going to get going. (laughs) Stay tuned for videos and whatnot on the Facebook. Write in your stories, comments, complaints, whatever you may have to ParanormalXL at writeme.com. Look us up on Facebook, ParanormalXL, capital X, capital L, or at XL Paranormal. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for listening and putting up with us. That's for sure. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, don't Don't forget. Don't yuck somebody else's yum. Ever. (laughs) 
Thank you.